What's up everyone and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, we had four people sign up for our Patreon at the Jedi Master level this past week, which is amazing and huge. Thank you all so much. So uh, Kylie Petrano, Thane Clark, Starside Productions, and Tierney Legion, uh, thank you so much for your support. That is amazing. For our first question, Major Zuma asks how the Jedi mind trick is considered a light side ability. Yeah, I don't really think that it is. Uh, and uh, Light of the Jedi goes into that a little bit. Like, uh, Elzar Man is kind of a big fan of, they call it the mind touch at that point. Uh, but he kind of likes it a little too much. And <laughs> Avar Chris is like, why don't you chill it with the mind tricks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I can see how it's helpful. Like, when i'm trying to think of like when um qui-gon it's this isn't the mind trick but he like uses the force to calm jar jar down <laughs> like makes him pass out yeah uh is, is that considered a mind trick i don't I know think a little bit it's affecting his mind what i think of is in the clone wars when like anakin and mace and obi-wan are all using the mind trick on cad bane Oh yeah, and like that plays out very dark side. Yeah, and it like, doesn't. It looks like it hurts Cad Bane. Yeah, because it Cad Bane like isn't weak minded, but they're trying their darndest to to get through to him and to like, break his mind. <laughs> yeah, and like everyone at once doing it. That's I mean, that's just showing you. The Jedi have definitely lost their way. It's it's something where, like, I don't think it's inherently evil. I mean, it's manipulation, I guess, which it can be evil, but it doesn't have to be. It's it's an ambiguous thing that I think of a... There's a quote from Dr. Affer that I really like, that evil is a measure of how much your choices take away someone else's. And I do think that a mind trick is taking away someone's choice usually not a major choice and sometimes it's like i guess the ends justify the means where obi-wan and luke have to get past this stormtrooper garrison so mm-hmm. quick little mind trick no harm no foul but <laughs> yeah it, it, it's i guess all about how you use it yeah i mean it's it's not like qui-gon was trying to get the part that he needed from Watto for free he was trying to make Watto accept his Republic credits. Which are useless to Watto. So, <laughs> like, that's... I mean, all this stuff is a little bit like, oh, I don't know. It's not It's not great. <laughs> it is kind of walking a thin line. Um, I mean, yeah. that's, like... The a, Jedi probably just use the honor code when it comes to mind tricks. And they have to like, fill out a form every time they use a mind trick. <laughs> oh, yeah. A... a TPS report? A TPS report for every mind trick. (laughs) Uh, What else? Like, a a lot of Star Wars to me is, you know, the power that you have, how do you use it? Uh, Are you using it for good or evil? And yeah, I think that sometimes it does. Like, what is your end goal here? Is it noble or is it evil? And so I think sometimes using a mind trick can be bad and sometimes it doesn't have to be, but it's definitely like a... Oh, man, I could debate this for a long time on whether or not it's ethical to use a mind trick. Uh, it's an interesting question for sure. I I would love to hear George Lucas or Dave Filoni talk about this and 
it'd be fun to get like an ethics professor or, yeah. or philosopher to talk about mind tricks and what they think of them. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's just the Jedi's way of being like, I'm better than you and I can <laughs> literally make you think that. <laughs> Brandon Velasquez wants to know if Palpatine's plan would have worked during the High Republic era. I don't think so. Yeah, this is similar to the Anakin question we got mm-hmm. last week of like, would have would Anakin have turned out the same way if he were around in the High Republic era? And I think this is kind of the same deal. Uh, there wasn't as much chaos happening at the time. Um, at least until the Great Disaster, but even then. Yeah, even then, like... He, he could have tried, but he wouldn't have had, he probably wouldn't have had a Anakin-like figure to... I, I think it's just more about the Jedi and the Republic are not, like, corrupt at this point or fallen or however you want to put it. Yeah. Like, the Republic over the course of the next 200 years is going to become corrupt, and they are not at the point of the High Republic. Right. And Palpatine needed that corruption to worm his way in. Right. And yeah. I, I think that it, it all kind of hinges on that. I, I, the simple answer is no, <laughs> probably not. But it it hurts my head to think about <laughs> all the variables. <laughs> right. Like, I, I think that the, the High Republic, where we start in the story, we're seeing the beginning of the fall of the Jedi. We're going to see, like, what caused them to become what we see in the prequels and not just the Jedi, but the Republic as well. Like why did they go from like this idealistic government and order down into something that could be uh, corrupted and turned by Palpatine? Mr. J.D. Rice asks why it was impossible for a Jedi master to take on more than one apprentice. I don't see it as impossible. I see it as more like you shouldn't do that. Like, I think training a Jedi should require your full attention. Yeah. It's the Ron Swanson quote, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. (laughs) Like, focus on just training this one Padawan the best that you can. Yeah. And, you know, this comes up when Qui-Gon goes to the council and talks about Anakin and Yoda points out, like, you've already got Obi-Wan. Like, don't. Don't go cheating on Obi-Wan <laughs> with this magical kid that you think is part of a prophecy. <laughs> but, but Qui-Gon basically says, I'm going to do it anyway. And before before Obi-Wan is a knight, he's got Obi-Wan with him and he's got Anakin with him. And it's not like the council kicked him out of the order or anything. Yeah. Maybe they would have if he kept it up. But And Obi-Wan tells him, like, you would be on the council if you wouldn't continue to defy them time and time again right so So, i don't i don't know that i definitely don't think it's like impossible for someone to have trained two apprentices it's more just like eh, i don't think you should is that apprentice apprentices apprenti i don't know (laughs) (laughs) going fishing wants to know what the biggest difference between canon and legends is in terms of philosophies yeah and specifically they bring up like the force and how it was written and handled. And I definitely do think that there is a difference there, uh, especially when you look at the books and uh, 
they kind of deal with power creep the same way like Dragon Ball Z would, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, we got to make the, the next enemy has to be stronger than Palpatine, and then the next enemy has to be stronger than that. So the Force, I think, got to be a little bit crazy. Not saying I didn't enjoy it, but <laughs> uh, there is that. And I also think that just across the board, it was a little less consistent, which like leads the fandom into like (laughs) splitting into sects and how they all view the force. And I think that especially the video games, people were introduced to the force through a video game. And it's like, yeah, you level up and you get more abilities and this happens. And I don't think that was ever George Lucas's intent, but he was also like letting people play in his sandbox. So he didn't stop it. Yeah. Everything was about power and like kind of wanting or needing more and more of it and that's that's kind of a Sith thing. Yeah. I <laughs> mean I I I don't think that canon doesn't deal with that. Uh but I I just think I think the biggest difference for me is the inconsistency. Yeah. Well, canon Like content... cuz you're right, the Sith always want power and that's something Lucas has talked about a lot. Yeah. Canon content talks a lot more about the balance of it all. Um, yeah, there, there are very powerful Jedi, um, Luke, Anakin, Rey, uh, but there, there's always that idea of balance. Darkness rises, light to meet it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> I just, like, Legends has the Yuzong Vong, which is, like you said, power creep as, as far as the villains are concerned. They are literally, like... The force. That's like does a whole, nothing to them, right? That that's a whole other conversation. That like George Lucas uh, didn't like the idea that he didn't mind the use on Bong because I think that like they were going to bring them into the Clone Wars, but he was going to change it so that they were still a part of the Force. He was like every living being is part of the Force. So yeah, like the Salamiri in Star Wars Legends, the use on Bong, anything that just was like, nope, force doesn't work on me. He was like, no. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's that as well. Um, but I-, I see just a lot more, especially like when I look at Fallen Order, the video game, they took a lot of time and care to make sure that the way the force worked and you do, I don't want to say level up, but you unlock new powers. But the way they handled it was not in a video gamey way, in my opinion. I was very impressed with that. So I think that with the canon, it's not so much of like, yeah, anyone can come in and play in this sandbox. It's like, no, we're going to try to make this all more consistent right. in, in how we write it. It wasn't like, kill 20 enemies and learn a new force power. <laughs> right. Tony Batara asks, which Lord of the Rings character would make the best Jedi? They throw out Sam, which makes a lot of sense. He is like the most pure of heart. Um but I mean, I feel like I feel like Strider, Aragorn. Yeah, he'd make a good one. Yeah, um, I want to go more chaotic with this and say like Merry or Pippin. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I'd be hard pressed to say that any of them would be bad Jedi. Like even Boromir, yes, he is corruptible, but he is noble at heart. Like he ultimately does want to help. Mm. He confronts his fears. And so does Frodo. Like 
I mean, like Gandalf, honestly, was my first thought. Yeah. I mean, he's already magic. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a Jedi already. Right. And I mean, <laughs> uh, Saruman is straight up Count Dooku. Yeah. So, so we can't. He, he's Dooku not... was a Jedi, and then he felt like it's the same thing. Dooku, Jedi, falls to become a Sith. Saruman led the Council of Wizards, fell to uh, the bad guys. So, yeah, that's interesting, actually. Same person. Uh-huh. So we can't count that because it's literally the same story. <laughs> um, I I think every member of the Fellowship would be fine as a Jedi. Tom Bombadil. Well, he's straight up, like, I don't even know what to classify him within Star Wars. Exactly. He's, he's, he's like the, the chosen one. He's like the father. <laughs> he's like a Mortis god or the Bindu. Ooh, the Bindu actually feels kind of right. For him to be a Bindu or the Bindu? Yeah, like someone who doesn't super take sides but has a lot of wisdom and is immensely powerful. Yeah. Definitely not Frodo. He gets t- distracted way too easily and falls down a lot. I disagree. And... <laughs> Frodo would make a great Jedi. <laughs> he, he falls a lot, but he gets back up. Yeah. He confronts his fears and he overcomes them. That's it for patron questions. If you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here, just head over to Patreon where we left you a written response. If you're not a patron, you can learn more by following the link in the description. Just a dollar a month will get you access to extra Star Wars explained content like audio commentaries for the films. And we're doing commentaries for the Clone Wars right now. This week's episode is The Box, so that's all available right now if you're interested. On to YouTube questions. The Bleaker asks if we could see the Sith Eternal or the Night Sisters in The Acolyte. Night Sisters? I want to say yes. I just think that would be really cool especially if we're dealing with the dark side which it says that we're going to like i'd love to deal in more than just the sith yeah i mean both of these i think are very likely possibilities Uh, um i I disagree on the sith eternal no no i think it's too early i i mean i might be eating my words in a week when darth vader (laughs) issue 10 comes out like darth vader is going to exegol right now in the comics during the original trilogy. So he's trying to figure out what Palpatine's plan is. As of right now, I think the Sith Eternal was a Palpatine creation. But, you know, maybe, maybe not. Like, uh, maybe they have been around for a long time just chilling on Exegol. That's That was kind of how I thought of it. That, it's very possible. Um, And yeah, the fact that Palpatine somehow survived... Um, they were just like, hey, cool, we have a new leader now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, that, this is just, like, kind of my gut feeling about the Sith Eternal. I was under the impression that it was Palpatine's creation, but it very well might not be. I mean, like, all this, of... This coming Wednesday, I may, might be like, oh, I was way off. All of Exegol feels very old. Sure. So... But I wonder if Palpatine was, like, revitalizing it, or if all these people are just, like, stuck there. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, I I assume Exegol as a planet kind of just works differently, almost like Dagobah, where it, uh, it like exists in another realm of time and stuff. Right. Um, but I agree too about the Night Sisters that I would love to see them pop up literally anywhere. I think the Acolyte would be a good place to do it. But those that they're a character that I'm like. 
this needs to be explored more. Night Sisters, I feel, are underused. Yeah. I'm, and I'm like always excited when they pop back up. Mark Wilton wants to know if Luke knew Grogu was a baby when he came to rescue him. This question specifically asked because Luke just brings an X-Wing and it's like, what if what if it were a full-on adult? And you're like, all right, well, let's just cram in the, my X-Wing real quick. <laughs> so He's got like a, a, a car seat wrapped yeah. up in the back. I mean, I, I think that, yes, he knew who and what Grogu was. I imagine that when Grogu reached out on Tython, uh, he telepathically contacted Luke. Whether or not they had like a full-on conversation or anything, I think Luke saw like a vision or something of this child that needed help. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I got space. That is interesting. Like, what if Grogu wasn't tiny? Where would he have put him? Maybe he would have had a little sidecar on the (laughs) X-Wing. training wheels uh. on it <laughs> training s foils uh-huh. <laughs> joseph simpson asks if the bad batch will have a narration at the start of the episodes like the clone wars did i really like this question and uh joseph mentions that it's like war propaganda in the clone wars which it is and I'm, i was like yeah what if they keep that going but it just really shifts tone and instead of republic like we're the good guys propaganda it shifts into a more sinister imperial propaganda mm-hmm. and we still get that narration but it's different and like right away you're like oh this feels like the clone wars it feels like the republic but it's not i think that's a really cool idea to keep running yeah i don't know it it feels almost like of course it would but then my first thought also was maybe the the very first episode doesn't have anything at the start like it's like very slow and somber start no narration and it just like goes straight into the story and then maybe the episodes after the first one have like recaps and and here okay here's what's happening now i don't know i don't know I, i think it's going to probably shift away from some of the clone wars things we know i don't think it's gonna keep like the fortune cookie at the start for some reason um, I mean, is it going to be Yalaren? Well, that's I don't I don't think they're going to have narration, um, but I just I, I would like it if it did, even if it were just for the first episode. And no, I don't think it should be Yalaren. It shouldn't be like a war across the Republic, but like still kind of <laughs> cheerful. Like it should be like a more stern Imperial, like victory is ours, and now we crush blah blah blah, and like yeah. I think that would be a cool way to kick it off. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see, like, if it's narrated by a character that we will know, or if it's just a nameless voice. Could be Tarkin. Ooh, that'd be good. Stephen Stanton. Mm-hmm. We know he's in the show, at least for a scene. Yeah, I like that. Kyber wants to know if Snoke actually was based on an original template or was he a genetic creation of Palpatine? Still up in the air, but uh, <laughs> this question is stemming from the Force Awakens novelization where Snoke says that he saw the rise and fall of the Empire and he's been around for a long, long time. And in my head right now, I'm assuming that uh, Palpatine literally created Snoke, like he said. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have 
he said, I made Snoke. And that could be like a, you know, I made him what he is. But I think he literally grew him in a vat. And then any memory that Snoke had was just implanted in him. Yeah, I think all of his memories were fabricated. And he was basically programmed. But that's... It's insane to think about, and I I just have so many questions. <laughs> Again, the Darth Vader comic is kind of exploring that stuff right now, so we might get some answers in the next uh, week or couple months. Yeah, and you literally do see these like unfinished yeah. Snokes, Jara Snokes, in in a vat of like gross yellow liquid. I I don't know the pickle jar, right? Yeah, and. You know, it, it kind of it kind of checks out in my book that Snoke was literally created by Palpatine because he looks really rough. And it, it's, it feels like this was Palpatine's very first well, creation. <laughs> Baby's and, first clone. <laughs> and it maybe didn't turn out the way that he wanted. Well, but... see, that like gets into even weirder stuff because the Rise of Kylo Ren comics suggests that he once looked a lot better and like Kylo sees Snoke looking like that, and he's like, oh my gosh, what did Master Luke do to you? Well, so th- does that... Do you mean, like, Kylo has seen him before? Yeah. So, like, it's very convoluted. Snoke and Luke had a relationship, according to the last Jedi novelization. They knew each other. And so Ben knew Snoke. And Snoke, like, appeared as a kindly helper uh, when really he was, like, pulling strings, trying to get Ben over to his side to follow to the dark side. So at one point, it sounds like he looked much better. (laughs) And then Luke and Snoke fought, and Snoke became battle-damaged. But then we see the clones, and he looks like that out of the bottle. (laughs) So... (laughs) I I don't know, like, maybe everyone's memories of Snoke are somehow fabricated and, like, put in their heads Maybe by like, Palpatine. Maybe, like, Dawn and Buffy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, when Buffy's sister is created, like, it, she's created by magic, and then anyone that ever would have known of her has memories, like, installed into their heads yep. that she was always there. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a little much even for Star Wars, but who knows? Mm. Ryan Smith asks if we could see a visual guide and an art of book for the High Republic. I could see that happening. Visual guide seems really likely to me at some point, uh, because there are a lot of characters to keep track of, and maybe when it's all done, maybe when all three phases are complete, they might put something out. Art of, also maybe, like, I don't, we've seen a lot of character concepts, and that's kind of it. So I, I am curious to know if they did a lot of other concepts for planets and stuff but like the ship stuff like the vector it sounds like they were mining old concept art mm-hmm. um so i don't know that they did as much concept art for these books as they would for a movie but the fact that they did any at all is kind of crazy for a publishing effort yeah i feel like any chance for them to make a reference book it will get made at some point uh, yeah, and I think both of these are likely just because all the concept art for the High Republic just is, is so dope looking. I would buy that book and 
lots of other people probably would too. Maybe they'll do something like, like call it an ultimate guide or something where they just combine it into one because they might not have enough concept art for a full book, but if they were to just include it in the visual guide. That's true. And then like, so like the art of books go into a lot of in-depth stuff about like how the ideas came about and they've already talked about that Mm -hmm. at length about the higher public there's like a disney plus special and all that so yeah maybe they'd combine it that's all the time we have for questions today if you want to leave a question for next week's video just put it in the comments below or sign up for patreon to join our weekly q a discussion if you haven't already please like this video subscribe to the channel follow us on twitter instagram facebook and twitch and as always thanks for watching and may the force be with you